It is time for hot takes. Welcome, sir, everybody. Sir. It is I, Young Shiro, along with Skeleton Lipstick. Hello. We have convened. We've convened with you all tonight uh, at twitch.tv slash hottakesvapor for a very special session with a very special member of our community, Sly Vinyl Records. We've got Eric with Sly Vinyl tonight to pick his brain, get to know him, do some community, community hanging out. And, uh, and just have fun. If you're not familiar, Hot Takes is an independent, internet-based electronic music talk show. Uh, we are, uh, we're sharing the internet space with several other wonderful people, but uh, we like to uh, do a little something different with our show. We like to get to know our guests, but we also like to get to know what their likes and dislikes are so we can have fun and geek out and just, just find that common ground and just have a good time with you guys live as well. So I want to say hello, of course, to our regulars uh, and our new uh, members in the audience today. And I want to just remind everybody of a few things before we get started tonight. This broadcast was made possible with the help of Indy Advent. Everybody thank Woo. Indy for his help with all of his tech support knowledge and expertise. Uh, go follow Utopia District, Tiger Blood Tapes, etc. Um, and then, of course, we have a lot of commands that you can use tonight if you want to if you are uh wanting to follow our social media hit that exclamation point follow you can also follow skelly and i individually with exclamation point skelly and shiro that brings up our link trees uh you want to join our public community discord server and talk some shit that's exclamation point discord exclamation point spotify guess what we got a new uh we got a new playlist up from syllabus who's actually in chat right now syllabus put together a very cool uh, playlist of oh. some of her favorites and uh, we want to thank them specifically for that so that, follow that link check out that new playlist check that one out right now that's good because you you know you know it's syllabus you know she's got the taste she's got the best so you've got syllabus i listened to some of all it. them but definitely check out this one for sure it's a long one and it's got some great material on it definitely no, recommend you guys much, check it out not too late yet, but i've got an hour long drive tomorrow I there you go that, that's that's perfect we've got our our, uh, our other it's, playlists it's so as well and then of course uh finally if you guys feel the need uh all donations Oh, I, I typed a donator. All donations go straight towards commissioning your friends for art, uh, paying people what they're worth in this community. Um, and uh, if you feel you want, like you want to donate, um, hey, it goes a long way. Uh, it goes right back to the show and to the community. Uh, so just keep it clean in chat, guys. No punching down. You can punch up all you want. In fact, we encourage that. Just no punching down. Um, we're going to start the night out with some recommendations, courtesy of Skeleton Lipstick. Hello. All right. Hi, guys. Let's get into it. You could be anywhere tonight, but you're here with us, and we appreciate it. Thank you. So let's see. Today, I have some recommendations. I'm going to start by traveling on over to the land of, the, let's say, Ambient and Dream Punk, uh, to specifically an album released by the record label And Options. Uh, I believe they're located out of Canada. I'm going to go to an album by the um, artist Cares, C-A-R-E-S, for their very striking album, Regular Unconscious. So, this is a very fun layered one. And it is how I would I would characterize the sound of this album as, and this is gonna sound basically like an oxymoron, but almost like <laughs> gently aggressive. Let's put it that way, because it is very, um, very, very, uh, it, it's like, it's a very difficult thing to take somewhat abrasive 
sound textures and smooth them over to make them into something sort of more, uh, I guess, streamlike, for lack of a better kind word. Tim Hecker. But it does a really good job at this. Um, and the entire album surprised me each time because sometimes I will listen to a dream punk album and I kind of get the vibe of how the album's going to go just from like the first song. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't really expect too many surprises really, you know, because, and there's nothing wrong with things being cohesive, but I have to say and I kind of, that each one of these songs was pretty dynamic and being dynamic in, in the, in the world of ambient isn't always the easiest thing to do. You know what I mean? So I really appreciated this album a lot. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, and I appreciate the fact that it could actually have that. It could have these sounds that were um, textured in a way that felt like they were consuming and very like um, hmm, almost like, like kind of violent. But they were put into a way that it made them, uh, you know, and once again, for lack of another word, uh, vaporous. You know, almost like the va like the vapor evaporation, nebulous, kind of. But I want to actually kind of create an image of like uh, like a cloud of like, um, you know what I mean? When I say vapor, I'm actually referring to like that. So it's like, um, yeah, but you're right, that too, nebulous, but 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 like still cohered into molecules, basically. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, sort of mist. Okay, like mist. Let's put it like that. So that album, uh, Regular and Conscious by Cares, is going to be the first recommendation from me. And then the second recommendation for me, we'll go over to, oh, I guess like uh, another, we'll go over to Shatterfoil Industries uh, record label uh, based out of uh, Michigan. And I'm going to go for this. Oh, yeah. Uh, this Shout album. out, Nancy. Yeah, right. For real. Yeah. So I'm going to go for uh, this, the um, album Halos by Agora. Well, uh, this is an interesting one. This is very much a... Um, now, here's the thing. I, unlike most other people in the world, don't really listen to a lot of, like, breakbeat or jungle DMB style music. I just... I don't really listen to a lot of it. So, um, if since I don't listen to a lot of it, if something strikes me and makes me stop and listen to it, it must be pretty interesting. This one did. I really liked it a lot. Um, it was a, a very fun take on, on jungle you know, drum and bass sort of music because it was, um, uh, it, it sounds a lot like some of the Vaporwave Zero stuff, but if you kind of made that into like, you know, breakbeat and had that same sort of like feel, but then also had these aggressive drums underneath it, so this is a fun one, guys. Like, you know, sometimes that does sound you know, and, fun. And I got to say, even though I don't listen to too much breakbeat, I still like it a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. Please don't misinterpret me. I like it a lot. It just isn't always the thing that comes up in my playlist. It's not, I'm not it's not usually my, my vibe. Well, it is my vibe. It's not it's like it's not what I go to right away. So this makes me I do go to this album right away, though. This is a very interesting album. This is very fun um, and it is very playful. And the thing about a lot, a lot of drum, drum and bass uh, and breakbeat that I listen to, it is kind of like aggressive. It is kind of moody. It's kind of like angsty. But this one was, was kind of playful. So to you know see that little playful side of a, of a genre that's usually kind of aggressive, you know what I mean, was interesting to me. And I really want to recommend that album, um, Halos by Agora. So let's do that. And then for my final rec, um, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to go and recommend another album by uh, one of my, my favorite artists around, who I still, I always think to get some uh, more attention, is Soulcraft. Uh, a uh, big fan of Soulcraft. I've been, I've, I've shouted out an Soulcraft, album by them you said, right? Past, probably once or probably at least two other times in this show before, but I'm a big fan of Soulcraft. Um, I think that they are one of the more underrated artists in the entire extended universe of the scene uh, and i highly recommend people listen to more of them so i'm going to recommend uh, one of my favorite albums by them stranger off of business casual 
um, by Soulcraft. Now this is a really fun one because it's um, very much inspired and by uh, by a lot of new wave music. Um, so you'll hear the flips of the new wave songs on this album too, and you'll notice all because you'll recognize some of these songs and you'll notice how they like are changing it, and how you'll notice when he's adding his own instrumentation to it. And when he's flipping it in different ways, and you're not going to be able to predict exactly what's going on in it, but this is a great album. It's su super fun, and you can play a lot of these songs at dance parties as well. So you're going to want to check out this album. It's one of my favorites. Um, uh, Body, I'm sorry, Stranger by Soulcraft, and um, yeah, you got to just 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 get on there, put on the song Embodied, or Become a Man, or and just it's good one. It's good stuff, man. Like if you're like a big fan of like I don't know, um, you know, sort of like. Just listen to the album. It's really good. Listen to Soulcraft. It's Soul been Craft. all over this man's like Insta story. He's clearly a fan. I'm a fan of Soulcraft. This is a good one. This is a this is a good one to even introduce yourself with it too, because like you're gonna totally recognize all the vaporwave textures. You're gonna totally love the flips, and you're gonna be able to kind of dance and vibe to it too. You know what I mean? If you like new wave music, get start go listen to this album. You're gonna love it. Damn. Yeah, that sounds like quite the. Uh... The cosine, if as if you I'm a will. Big, I'm a big fan of Soulcraft. I can't say it enough. Thanks for the links, as usual, Lux. Uh, guys, check out the links. Follow them. Check out Skelly's recommendations. I want to talk tonight about uh, samples. As you all know, we are a very sample. Not necessarily. It's it's not imperative that samples be used in vaporwave. Um, thank you for the uh, the donation, Roche Corp. Love you as always. Samples, right? Um, we all love them. Uh, most of them, at least, most of us. And, uh, and sometimes the, um, the fact is, uh, occasionally people use the same sample, right? And gosh darn it, some people get real booty hurt about it. Well, at the end of the day, everyone has kind of a different way of flipping a sample, right? Uh, some people are more curators, right? Some people are really good at uh, finding difficult samples, or not difficult, but rare samples. Some people use strange material. I don't want this to sound pedantic. We are all Vaporwave fans here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, some you know, the way that you want to transform your sample is is up to you, right? And there are only so many songs in the whole world. Um do we uh do we really need to be getting into like arguments when uh two people want to use the same sample? I, I, I hate to say that it's happened in the past and it seems that it still happens sometimes. It and, still uh, happens sometimes? That's crazy. I mean, maybe not as much. I don't make music, so it's not really my place to pass judgment. But I just gotta say, I don't understand why we're arguing uh, when these when we're all <laughs> we're all appropriating material and we're all doing our own different thing. What's wrong with that, right? Curious what you guys think? Maybe that's not even really that hot of a take. But um, I, you can't own a sample. That's my hot take, I guess you could say. Curious what you guys in the audience think. Skelly, do you have a quick retort before we bring on the man of the hour? Oh, absolutely. You should sample the same stuff. If you like what somebody did with something, you should do it yourself, too. That's as simple as that. You can use, say, you can use whatever you want. And if you like how if you like the song that somebody used, go ahead and do it yourself because it's still not going to sound the same. You're going to do it differently. That's the way it works. Your own personality is going to reflect how it presents itself. You know, the form is is only a extension of the artist themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what that's I'm thinking. And what are we fighting that's about? Uh, Quiz wants to know if it's morally acceptable to sample from DN. I don't know what DN is, buddy. Donkey, <laughs> Donkey DN? Nong, 
Donkey Nong. Donkey Nong. We're going to have to, you know. <laughs> Shout out to Quiz, who uh, hosts wonderful Quizmas. These nuts. That, okay, thank you. That, uh, yes. Sorry to cut you off. DN is apparently these nuts. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, Quiz Quizmas all day and all night. Wish I were, Shout wish out I were to closer. Quizmas. Had held a lovely gathering at his house, at his apartment with uh, wonderful food and video games. That's that's someday someday I will make it to I a was, Quizmas. I, oh, you got it! I was there. Fiverr was there. Uh, Disco was there. Wizard of Loneliness. It's a grand old time. Damn, he's cooler than we are. Everybody yeah, loves Quizmas. Quiz. Somebody quiz doesn't love Quiz. Cool. Quiz is way cooler than we are. Man. If somebody doesn't know. love Quiz, oh, I have to just be like. <laughs> what's wrong with you um but anyways we're not here to talk about quiz as much as we both love him we're here to talk about sly vinyl records and we're here to talk to uh to eric uh get to know him a little bit better and uh and see what you guys uh think at the top of the hour what questions you have for our uh, our illustrious guest so um we're gonna actually bring him on and put him up on the screen and you can unmute yourself and everybody can say and give a warm welcome to eric from Sly Vinyl. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Where the hell is the screensaver? Thanks there we go. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate Damn, it. what a good-looking man. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, um, we want to know what you think about uh, what we had to talk about um, before we get into some more, you know, serious topics. What do you think about sample twinning, you know, and all that? I mean, obviously, it is something that is ingrained within to the genre, um, and you do hear it. You do hear it, and sometimes you can't help but think, like, okay, you know, so and so did it better. Um, mm, so, okay. anytime you're reusing a sample, you're running the re you're already running the risk of being compared to, you know, what else is out there with that sample. And hey, if you oh, think yeah. this is you've got you've got the better one, then maybe you deserve to have a chance to put it out. But if you're going to complain about being compared after the fact, then, you know, what did you expect? Um, Damn. There does seem Brutal. to be sometimes a... <laughs> there does seem he to be wrong. a limited pool, a pool of samples that certain artists come back to from time and time again. Uh, you know, certain famous like city pop albums and stuff like that if you're gonna go more on like the future funk side um and like you said rare samples is is it a rare sample or is it just you know material that hasn't quite got the attention of the community yet um so obviously the the most popular stuff that generate you know the music that is resulting for in in sample um if you go for popular artists, you're going to have other people doing the same stuff. So I think the onus is on them to to dig a little deeper, find those, you know, maybe not as popular releases and and find, you know, those little gems in there. They're, they're all over. And you can take you can take a song that you're not really digging as is. And, you know, once you sample it and you flip it and you've chopped and screwed it the way you just like uh it it can be so transformative and you end up with you know better music than the original in a lot of cases at mm -hmm. least in Damn. this community yeah definitely 
Imagine getting butt hurt about the amen break. Uh. Or like, come on, everybody has the like the Motorola sound, or like the if your name's not on the list, you're not coming in, you know, and just shit like that. Nice, it happens. I like that. Well, sometimes would you would you agree that sometimes using reusing a sample kind of brings you into the club, so to speak? Yeah, that's uh, a really it, good point. It, 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 it's, it, it immediately it associates you with these other groups that, you know, might be might be punching a little higher than your weight class. But uh, all, all of a sudden there you are and uh, it gets people talking, whether <laughs> whether they like it or not is another another matter. But you're now in the conversation. That's a very good point. And yeah. honestly, you are, you know, you're at least acknowledge you're at least showing people like, hey, look, I'm looking in the same place as you are. We are similar to each other. One small request. If you could turn yourself up just a hair, Eric, please do that. If it's not difficult. I'm not sure if I can. If not, I will. But we can move on and get into getting to know you. Okay. Skelly's better at that than I am. And if you can, turn yourself up, great. If not, it's okay. Yes. All right. All right, my friend. As someone who is so involved in music and so involved in curation of music and, and specifically, you know, ruining a record label means having to develop a specific taste because you're, you are the ultimate curator. I want to know, when did you first start getting into music in general? Like, how young were you when you started wanting to maybe even like you were remembering bands you were cataloging them a little bit in your mind when did you really start getting into music like what was the first thing you were listening to let's go back let's go far let's go far back <laughs> far far back uh let's just go back I, when I, you were a kid like what's the first thing I, that you what's the first album that you were exposed to by your parents that you kind of liked yeah i remember sitting doing math homework uh just going through par my parents cds yeah. And coming across a lot of classic rock stuff, uh, you know, Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, yes. stuff like that. Uh, I remember being particularly enamored with Jethro Tull. Uh, oh, really? You know, flute, flute rock and roll? Okay. I was about that's to different. Oh, shit. Aqualung. <laughs> Aqualug. Uh, yeah, I think I found a best of and kind of got the broad, you know, all, 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 the, all the greatest hits there. Um... <laughs> And so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I and I think that's a lot of us are exposed to the music that their parents have on at home and, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, beyond that, where, you know, I I am a kid of the 90s. So like in the 90s, where do you where are you exposed to new music? Even it's it's a lot of the media you're consuming. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, MTV. I mean, obviously, were you watching MTV or listening to the radio? I, you know, on the later end, as I was getting, you know, as I was getting older and stuff like that, once we got cable and, and uh, later later on in life, uh, definitely. But, you know, you're exposed to the soundtracks of video games you might be playing. Uh, or, very good point. Or, or like movie soundtracks. Movie soundtracks. Um, as I was getting a little bit older and started skateboarding, we were watching a lot of skate videos, a lot of 411 oh. tapes. Sick. Uh, and skate videos kind of just blew the world wide open because, you know, everyone's skate park had an awesome track that they 
uh, had for that. And so I, I felt like I got exposed to some artists that I probably wouldn't have stumbled upon uh, my own at that point in time. Um, things like Blonde Redhead. Oh, uh, shit. Blonde uh, Redhead? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that where you're just like, what am I listening they were to? They are playing that in skate videos? They are playing Blonde Redhead in skate videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Wow. I think there, there might have been a Arto Sari or something, someone along that era. I, I did uh, not expect there to be like the art rock stuff in them. I, I thought maybe you were going to say maybe some of the punk rock stuff, things of that nature. I didn't yeah, know that's kind of what I was expecting here, too. A lot of it was hardcore. Skate punk video. Wow. Yeah, okay. you, you know, you've got, you've got the guy with the Ramones track. You've got the guy, yeah. you know, with this and that. All of that was there, but I think the ones that stood out to me amongst the crowd are type things uh so but... okay i'm sorry let me interrupt keep talking oh no okay so you're listening to these the, these these um these music associated with the skate videos you're you're saying that the more the more sort of artsy punk uh the artsy music was um standing out to you so now you're hearing these tracks did you were you like oh how do i get more of this how do i pursue it and how did you find more of it well, what, what's what's funny is around that same time is when I also first started getting into file sharing uh, and getting into, you know, peer to peer and stuff like Kazaa and, and those yeah. early those early uh, file sharing applications. And uh, so my friends and I, we all skateboarded and we actually made a skate video. And one of, my, oh, one, shit. one of my earliest, oh, shit. yeah, we made a skate Throw video that shit up on, the Insta. on VHS. Oh, <laughs> shit. shit. Actually, I got to dub that I, shit. I got to convert it. That is convert the it most to like next Sly Vinyl mid, physical that is like drop. The most mid late nineties thing I've heard. I've ever heard like a, such a mid late nineties thing that you're talking about right now. <laughs> what, a, what a mid late nineties uh, experience. Yeah. So, and, and it's something we, we sold them at school and got in we trouble for that. Wait, wait, did you have like a... Oh, um, you sold your own you skate tape? Wait, you sold your own skate tape? You're a regular CKY yeah. over here. What's going That's on? That's sick as fuck. For, for real. Uh, we, you know, uh, the, the group of us... That's how Groovy each... Kaiju about this. What was the... Um, did you read that? <laughs> did you used to read... What was the skate magazine that was really popular? A really famous one. Like Thrasher? There was another one. Thrasher, yes. But there's... What the fuck was it uh, Transworld? Transworld. I'll think about this in a moment. But so wait, I have a question. Did you have like a name for your skate video? What'd you call it? Oh, we did call it. Uh, the video itself was called Speed Unlimited. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, each of us, you know, it's just a group of friends and two or three of them had cameras and uh, uh, we would just brothers. take them out and over a couple years film you know nothing he, i mean I, I, there were definitely varying skills i had some friends that i was like wow with 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 their abilities and what they were jumping downstairs and hitting rails and stuff like that where i'm like hmm okay i <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to work on my my flat ground stuff over here but um uh, we, we each got to put together a part. We each got to pick our own song. And Shit. one of the first things that I actually got to help out with was creating, We along with the VHS, we burned CDs and actually had the soundtrack for the, so, al for the skate video. I 
love these sort of high school projects. You know what I mean? Like that we do that we that we would do that people do when they're in high school. Like whether it's putting together this escape video or like making your own cassette tape that you made on the four track and like you know xeroxing copies to make the uh, the inserts for it. Like I I just love this sort of the invent the inventiveness of like the teenagers in high school. Like I I know I remember it makes me so nostalgic when I hear these sorts of stories. Did you ever like make yeah, your own just... like artwork for like CD jewel cases and shit? Yeah, what did you do for the artwork for everything? How did you do? That's you what have, like, I used set? to do, and I'm curious if you guys did too. I should have grabbed. I should have grabbed it. I have it in the other. Well, Naoko Koya just, just linked like, your Hello you merch please, like, and your Patreon. The... Can they get do it you... on your Patreon? No, no, no. Can you at least take People... a picture of this and put it in our Discord so everybody can see like the cover and everything? I would love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to put it on your Patreon so people that pay can hear it. It's, it's just such a pure thing, you know what I mean? The, the stuff that you do when you're like 16 and 17. Yeah, as I recall, I made the album artwork in MS Paint. Oh, and, really? Shout out to MS Paint. And then we printed it out with an, with an inkjet printer. And nice. in retrospect, we used a lot of black in the album art. <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> and so that stuck. Those, those, we probably lost money on the CDs with the cost of inter <laughs> Good uh, point. Ink, of course, of course. Ink. <laughs> So what did you edit it with? Did you edit it on like an Avid Pro or what did you use to, uh, you know, like how did you how did you stitch everything together in the video? Yeah, uh, one of my buddies actually had the software. I don't recall exactly which it was, but, um, you know, they had, they had some of the earlier digital uh, VCR uh, yeah. handheld cams. Oh, nice. um, okay. And it was just a lot of, uh, gosh, I, I, it's one of those things where I need to, I need to get back and reminisce with those group of friends and, and uh, what we probably need to do is stage uh, a viewing of the video and just yeah, get absolutely back together. Absolutely, that, that sounds great. Sorts. That sounds great. Go hit up the skate park, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. So that was was that that must have been that was probably pretty exciting for you to do that. Oh, the magazine I was thinking was Big Brother. Okay. Big Brother magazine. That was the one. I, yeah, that was one. But this is an interesting skate magazine. Yeah, guys, remember okay, magazines? Yeah. But anyhow, um, so anyway, so you did this. What, what, what's yeah, yeah, I miss magazines too. Like I really the radar miss, um, and shit. I mean, that was like the coolest thing. I mean, that's why. I mean, like, how cool was it when Private Suite existed, right? Oh yeah, them too. I I, I don't have all the issues, but I I have a good Damn. I got a good stack of private issues. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Private Suite. Sweet exit. I mean, I have this one just because um, it's got uh, it's got for this is with the uh, Electronicon uh, one issue, right? Uh, and no way. Like, uh, yeah, so when they did favorite sets, you know, everyone put like all the editors did favorite sets, and uh, ah, motherfucker, that's me right there for one of, one of the editors' favorite. Oh, sets. you wrote yeah, an article like, for them? Sick. Nice. They wrote an article about what their favorite set was. Uh, was mine at Electronic on One. Oh, I thought yeah. you wrote the article. My bad. I didn't write the article. They wrote about me. They're giving me the praise. Who wrote that? I wrote the article about myself. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, but anyway, so what song did you pick for your for your segment? The my the song I picked was uh, an Offspring song off of Ooh, which, um, which one? Oh shit! What was it called? Which album? Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was off of Americana. Is that the guy that always oh, goes whoa, okay. whoa? Oh, the 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 title of the whoa. track was no break, no breaks. Okay, 
Gotcha. And I think so. it was off of Americana. If it wasn't off of Americana, it had to have been off of... Ixnay on the ombre. I'm pretty Whoa! sure it was off of Americana. All right. So did this, like, does this <laughs> yes, create a little one. bug in <laughs> So did this create a little bug in you to want to be in charge of creating things, distributing things, packaging things, art directions for, you know, being doing that sort of thing, physical media in general? I, you know, I didn't realize then that it was a bug. Um, I, I had one more instance, in fact, in high school where I helped um, a, a group of friends of mine and myself were in a econ class. And for the semester, the big project at the end of the semester was to create uh, we, the, the, the teacher put on econ day. And so you got into a group and you had to come up with some sort of product to make. Uh, and sell it, at, you know, on school and, you know, see what kind of profit, blah, 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 that you could make. What we did was the group of friends I was assigned with was actually in a high school band together. I wasn't in the band, uh, but three out of the four guys were also in my group. And they had a CD that they actually had professionally made and everything uh, that they wanted to sell. And so in addition to the CD, which I didn't assist with the CD, but I helped design a logo for them. And then we oh. had shirts made with an embroidery of the logo on it. Oh, you got uh, the real shit embroidered some, and everything. We made, Damn. yeah, uh, I had, you know, I looking back, I probably should have gone with like some sort of uh, screen printing or like direct to garment printing or something like that. But uh, I, I feel like I was lucky just to find at that age, just to find somewhere that would make a couple shirts. You know, I think we probably made like 20 shirts. Or oh yeah. Like a short run. And we had some posters made, we had some stickers made. Uh, and so we basically ran it like a little bit of a merch booth. Uh, we, oh. the, for, for the event, they played live music and then we had the CDs, the posters, the stickers, the t-shirts, everything for sale. Uh, and so you know, once we did that, that kind of, I, you know, I had so much fun doing that. Um, but, it, you know, it wasn't until much, much later that actually running a label and helping to put out vinyl records and stuff like that kind of came to my attention as, you know, an opportunity I could take. So when did that come to your attention? Uh, after, after I graduated from university, I started i think buying more vinyl personally okay and at the time a lot of online blogs were really popular and there were some vinyl record specific ones uh one of which was sly vinyl records lo and behold i i am the owner and proprietor of sly vinyl records but i'm not actually the original creator of it do go ah, on. Yeah, story. I want to hear about this. Yeah, really? Okay. Really? So, all right. Well, okay. So you gotta you gotta take us through this then. What what happened? How did this <laughs> how did this all how did this all happen? So um, I, I've I've been buying vinyl since about 2012. I, I was able to figure out what was that first album I ever bought at a show and and was able to look up. Oh, it was a, a, a Here We Go Magic show in 2012. Hell oh, yeah. Here We Go Magic! I remember them. Yeah. Shout yeah, out yeah, Chillwave. Um, <laughs> they were so Chillwave. I, I wouldn't consider Chillwave, were they? 
I would. Here we go, magic. Or at least you might be thinking of slow magic. You're thinking of no, slow I, magic. I, I think slow magic is more chill wave. You know what? Maybe. Isn't Here We Go Magic kind of like an indie rock, like, like chill wave? Yeah, indie rock, and there's like a little bit going on there, but they're kind of like upbeat and like kind of, you know, a little bit more singer songwriting ish, but like with some like okay. electronic infusion. Okay, but anyway, we're talking back back to the story. That's, I want to hear more about what's going on here. So you're talking about that vinyl. Go on. Uh. So at about about 2012, I'm starting to buy vinyl, uh, and around that time, Sly Vinyl Records launched as an actual music blog, and so it it began as it is. Sly Vinyl began its existence as a music blog, and yeah. slowly, about a year after they spun up, uh, they started putting out actual vinyl. And so on their second release, I realized that I was absolutely loving the music that Sly Vinyl Records was putting out as a label and, uh, you know, kind of became a super fan. Anytime something was going to come out, I, I really started taking notice. Uh, on the blog side, what they had was a team of writers from all over the world. And I, and I really mean all over the world, not just we had East coast, West coast people. We had people in Berlin. We had people in the UK. We had wow. uh, people, we, we had a guy in Norway. Um, and so all of us with our varying groups of taste were each contributing articles about releases that were coming out. Um, because at the time, if you weren't, I mean, I, I guess a lot like right now, but a vinyl record can drop and then just be sold out immediately. And if you weren't on top of it as the second it went on sale, you weren't going to get it. You know, you maybe go to the aftermarket and pay five times the price or, you know, whatever, whatever they're trying to hawk it for on eBay. Shout out this guy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so these, these blogs kind of get gave you know the head up of you know here's what's coming down the pipeline and we had the varying artists we had the varying authors and um i was also finding myself submitting a lot of news suggestions tips here's stuff that's coming out uh and it got to the point where the owner came to me and said hey uh do you just want to join the team and become one of the contributors. Hey, so you're obsessed. At that Why don't you chance. work for us? <laughs> Basically, I was giving them too. I was giving them so much work to do that they said, "How about you That's just hard. come over and do that? We'll give you we'll give you the credentials to sign on in." Uh, and so that was really my foot in the door. So now I am like on the other side of the curtain. I am contributing as much as possible. My delving into new music for myself personally just kind of exploded at that point because I was looking for new stuff, looking for new stuff, content that I wanted to post. Um, and, you know, you're on, maybe you're on Bandcamp and you're jumping from genre tag to genre tag trying to like discuss, you know, you, you, you dive into a pool you're familiar with and then you kind of swim around and see, see what else pops up. Uh, Bandcamp was also really great because you could just see what were the new physical releases that dropped today yeah. or the past week or, or whatever like that. Uh, and so you could really just, at least for myself, I was uh, discovering a lot of new things. Uh, and I, I felt like it was really a time where my, my musical taste and just awareness of what was out there really expanded. 
Mm. Um, so the end game here is how did I get in charge of the label? <laughs> yeah. Um, so now you're, after, you're part. Of, now you've gone from fan you stage to a coup? working for them. Did you stage a coup? I staged a coup. <laughs> so you've gone from fan to working for them. No one to knows. Now, the, now the whereabouts of the the previous owner are unknown. Yeah. My name is not actually Eric. That's the name of the previous owner, and I've assumed his identity. <laughs> yeah, you've taken over his identity. Yeah. Um, so okay, yeah. so now you're you're getting exposed to even more music. You're refining your ability to find new interesting music, scouting out lots of cool things that you want to bring to the label. Um, yeah. At what point do you now just start becoming in charge of it? I I think what really led me down that road was getting involved with the pressing of the, the labels releases. Um, the funny story with that was I, I, I really got involved around the fifth release. Um, Sly Vinyl I knew was, they were putting out maybe one, two releases a year. And I've ramped it up to the point now where we've got one new uh, record release once per month. That's crazy. Uh, nice. And that's kind of be the, the plan going forward. But when you had just one or two a year, you kind of had a lot of time to plan it out. And I saw an opportunity one time. Uh, so I knew we were looking for a new release, but hadn't decided on anything yet. Um, one of my favorite artists of all time uh, is a electronic duo called L1011. If you're familiar oh, man, with I remember them. L1011, like an electronic post-rock kind of duo. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like loved math L1011. rock. And, yeah. I love L1011. I'm not familiar. I have to look them up. How do you, how do you spell this? L1011? It's three words. L, L like E-L, E-L, and then 10 okay, and okay. 11. Gotcha. Yeah, they have a song called Lord. Oh, what's great about... I gotta look them up. I'm not familiar. What's really cool about them is they do live sampling of themselves. Oh, that's cool. And so it's just a duo, but if you were to listen to the music, it sounds like a full-fledged band. Yeah, they got a lot of guitar work going on there too. Yeah, Sounds I don't like know kind of. I'm gonna definitely check them out now. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So you're getting involved in their in their release. So I, I knew they were playing a show in Tucson. Am I coming through all right? Am I getting choppy? You, you froze I, for I a you. second. You're you're getting a little choppy, but okay, we great. still hear you. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, you're back. Great. So just a quick recap, uh, I'm aware that the bands, uh, I'm aware that the label's looking for a new band to release. Uh, I'm super invested in this other band. I'm such a super fan that I had all of their vinyl that they had ever pressed in my you know, personal oh, wow. collection. But I was also aware that they had a glaring hole in their discography. Their third album never got a vinyl pressing for, I don't, I, at the time I had no idea why. Um, so I, they were doing a show in Tucson and I drive down there from Phoenix with my whole vinyl collection in tow of this band. Not, not, not all my vinyl, but just all of my L1011. All the L1011 albums. And yeah. And I kind of corner them after the show (laughs) to do a little, uh, autograph session. Um, I, I made sure everyone else got done first. I was like the last guy in line, you know, purposely, uh, and I, as we were chit chatting and kind of just going through, like, you know, talking about the releases, I kind of bridged the, the topic. I was said, uh, you know, why, why is this 
uh, the, the album was called Every Direction is North. Why why did this never get a pressing? And, you know, they were just, they didn't have the money at the time. They always intended to, but it never got the opportunity. And so that was my big light bulb moment. Uh, I pitched to them. I said, hey, well, I represent Sly Vinyl Records. We are looking for a new album to put out. And I think your third album that never got pressed is perfect. Uh, um, you know, Know, the you've got the you've got the fan base that's already buying records and uh you know we have the means to pay for it for you and to put it out and so we kind of did like a little bit of a handshake deal uh what they didn't know is that i had not discussed this with the owner of the label whatsoever mm-hmm. Oh real! Oh really? I... <laughs> so now the band's on board. <laughs> so, so the band's funny. on board. What? They're like, yeah, I let's not know do that. This. So now I yeah. got to turn around. You got to sell it. So I got to turn around and now pitch the, right there. Now, pitch now you have to, to sell it to a label that you've already made the deal for with this band. You have to sell it. To yes, them yes. It could have went. It could have actually ended up really badly if if the owner was like, nah. Uh, and I, I say the owner. His name's Scott Wickberg. Really great guy. Um. <laughs> Uh, luckily he was on board, he was down and, uh, but he said, you though are responsible for doing all of the work. I need you to, you know, coordinate with the band. Uh, you, you gotta get the audio, you gotta get the art assets. Um, you know, I, I got a little bit of, uh, you know, here, you know, a little bit of handholding on the very, very first one, you know, you know, you gotta make sure the, the art's the proper resolution. You gotta make sure this and that uh but i part part of the deal as well was that i had to ship and pack all of them myself as well so when we fun you were doing everything uh, so absolutely everything i needed to be in charge of it all and and um so and i don't know about you guys but if you've ever had 500 records shipped directly yeah i was gonna ask how many y'all pressed that's a lot yeah, that one was that one was a press of five hundred uh, single single LP. But even then, you know, you've got a stack, an absolute stack of boxes that come to your door on a, on a oh pallet. Um, and then from there, I was hooked. Uh, every chance I got, I was offer. I was I was uh, like just offering to be the guy in charge of making the release happen. Uh, there was a couple releases where you know, someone else found the artist, but then I was in charge of actually, you know, getting the manufacturing part of it uh, yeah. complete. And you so guys... over time, yeah. I was just going to say over time, uh, I took more and more and more of the responsibilities under, under my wing. And it got to the point where I was picking the artists, uh, doing all the scheduling. And wow. as, as long as, as long as we weren't, you know, out of money, we could just keep playing. Hmm. Wow. Sick. So did you have, did you guys always use the, do you guys always use, did you, were you always using the same plant? Did you have a good relationship with them? You know, is it, is, is it always the same plant that you work with? Uh, so historically, no, historically we've worked with probably half a dozen different plants really? in different parts of the world. Um, as of late, I have my favorites. I do have plants that I, I go back to time and time again. Okay. Uh, sometimes, depending on the release attributes, how many copies or what kind of effect you're looking to do, or there, there, there's several things that might make you choose one plant over another. Wow. So you break it down um, that specific for each plant. 
how's the turnover rate yeah. usually when you guys get these things? When you get a new album, like how long does it usually take from you getting the album to you know uh, you know getting the album to the plant and getting it back to you guys? Like what's your because you're doing this every month you said so you must have a pretty good turnover rate. Uh. So we used to do things where I would have things in hand before we even announced anything. Um, Damn. And Impressive. And it was a lot easier when you're only doing one or two a year, three or four yeah. a year, right? You you uh, you weren't really worried too much about the, the turnaround time. Um, what... What has happened over the last couple of years, and especially due to the pandemic, as you could imagine, a lot of supply chains mm-hmm. um, have been impacted. Uh, we, we've noticed longer turnaround times. Uh, you know, also other things that might have been forgotten about, but just prior to the pandemic uh, was the Apollo lacquer plant fire. So, um, Within oh, my, within yeah, vinyl manufacturing, that was a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, that was no good. Uh, one of the very very within my, within vinyl manufacturing, there's lots of different steps. A vinyl record at the very end of the day is basically a mold. It's it's like a mm-hmm. mold that's created with the negative image of that record that's pressed into you know the malleable PVCs. What it, you know the vinyl is polyvinyl yes. chloride. And um, when it pressed, you've, you've got this negative mold. But to create that negative mold, which are the stampers, uh, it goes through several steps of manufacturing uh, all the way back to the beginning where you have what's called a lacquer plate. So a okay. lacquer plate is an aluminum plate that is covered with a varnish lacquer, as it's called, uh, kind of something similar in consistency, consistency to like nail polish. Okay. Um, and so when you send your audio off to get cut in, into a vinyl record, uh, the actual cutting technician will put a blank lacquer onto a lathe, and then they drop a diamond or sometimes sapphire-tipped needle onto that blank disc, and what they are actually doing is carving out the actual groove, you know, of the uh, of what will eventually be they're making like the master copy huh? record and so uh it's basically the master cut right then and there exactly and so what was so devastating about fire is that apollo i want to say probably had like 75 percent of the world's volume of sales for that one step all those masters were destroyed um, I don't think Apollo actually holds the masters, but they hold so that like blank discs. Oh wow! And so so that, okay, components. The raw material still bad, just not as bad. The very, very, very first step is kaput. Interesting. Interesting. So, is, I'm learning so much right now. This, this is yeah, fascinating. The, the industry, fascinating conversation <laughs> for people to understand. You know. Yeah, the industry has clawed back a little bit. I, I, I'm aware of uh, a couple of the other smaller uh, lacquer plants have like increased capacity. There might even be a new one out there. Um, so I, I think over time that has alleviated a little bit. But at the time when it literally went up in smoke, uh, I, I, I think that really put a bottleneck 
into the manufacturing pipeline. Wow, fascinating. I mean, it's really you're an interesting person to talk to because of how involved you are in vinyl, and it's the kind of a world that we consume it, we enjoy it, we love looking at it. We don't exactly know. All we know is like sometimes it's really hard, and sometimes it's really hard to get them back. Sometimes like we don't know all the process that goes into making these sorts of things, and like the considerations that you have to take into account when you do get ready to produce an, or release a new album. So that that thing that you just that what you just told us about you know the, the Apollo Fire and like losing that one step and how greatly that affects the entire production process. Can you go talk to us a little bit about some of the other like what is some of the biggest um, obstacles that you usually have to deal with when you're getting these vinyls released? Like you just mentioned one. Is there any other ones? Big obstacles. So, you know, with vinyl records, it is a, you know, you're making a physical product and unlike a CD, um, you know, any sort of defect within the product can be very greatly noticed. Um, you know, when you create a vinyl record, one of the most important, important steps is to do what's called a test pressing. Um, okay. It is kind of your final quality control check before they mass press. You know, are you pressing 100, 300, 1,000 copies, right? You want to make sure they sound good. Uh, so what will happen is they'll press 5, 10 copies, just, you know, pretty, pretty, it's not the full color jacket and everything. It's just black vinyl. Here you go. But it's so important to, you know, vet those test presses beforehand uh, and make sure that everything sounds tip top shape. You don't want something to sound distorted or sometimes there might even be a physical defect within the actual stampers that's causing like pops and clicks mm. to occur. Um, and because think if, if as as you guys if you play vinyl yourself you might know sometimes you got to clean the record you know there's dust and and mm. stuff that can kind of get in the grooves what uh you know what's really important on the test pressing step is you get multiple copies and so mm. if you hear something weird on one copy you jump over to another copy and see if on that exact same beat on the next copy does it replicate the issue that you heard or did you are you able to say okay no it's not on this one so maybe it was just something weird with this one copy and then you listen to more and then you, you know the the it's it's on you to listen to so so basically you're listening when when you put out an album you listen to it a whole lot many times over <laughs> yeah, i can imagine uh, as you can imagine and sometimes Good before you, get you even get the them. test press yeah that's very true uh before you even get the test press you're gonna have at least for me I'm, I'm listening to that album over and over and over again almost ad nauseum uh just so that when you go to the test press stage and you're this is it this is your chance to catch something you have that ear of exactly what you're expecting you know if 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 you've not really listened to an album all that much and you're pressing it and then you're listening to the test press you might miss something that's odd about it about, that's a very good you point know. you want to be like intimately so, familiar with like the original version huh mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm, and so individual artists that press their own stuff you know obviously they're going to be a lot better at catching that um 
on the label side, I send the artists a test press anytime I can so that, you know, Oof. they can give their input on it as well. They might catch something that I didn't hear. You know, they might say that the intro of a single track sound, you know, some, something's off with something. Uh, and then you can go back and you can collaborate. And yes, I hear that too. Okay. And then you sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board. Um, I've had releases where you have to reject a test pressing, and that means, uh, well, depending on the issue, it might be something that's relatively simple to fix, or sometimes you got to start from scratch and you go all oh, the way God. back to the lacquer step and they have to cut a brand new lacquer. Oh, God, that's terrible. That's like a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you have to pay uh, extra for that? Uh, Do you have to pay extra for that? depending on the situation usually not okay. uh, if, if, if they figure out that it's something that was your fault that it sounds this way like let's say because here's what happens when you send an audio file to get turned into a vinyl record what you really should do is have the artist turn into you as a label a side A wave file and a side b wave file with all mm. of the tracks spaced out properly exactly the way they um, so that um you know by the time you're tur turning it in it's because what happens is if you turn in individual tracks you have a chance that an error can occur and oh track four got put in the fifth spot and five over in the fourth spot or you know it doesn't get assembled i, I never would have thought about it like that that's interesting or sometimes, uh, you know, if tracks lead into each other and you turn them in as individual tracks, sometimes you get a weird, like, silence. Like silence in between where they're supposed to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have Can't to really have be mindful of, of all of that as well. So, for example, if I turned in a side A file and we realize, oh, no, we one of the songs are juxtaposed with another that might be a situation where it's on you and if if you have to recut it they would you know charge you to do so but for the most part um it, you know they'll they'll eat the they'll eat the cost themselves that's good well it's a fascinating process and it's physical media is a very important thing you want to talk to us a little bit about the importance of you know physical media, vinyl records, particularly amongst the scene and all that stuff, and maybe even some future releases you guys have coming up. Sure, uh, you know, with Vaporwave, I think what so my my introduction to Vaporwave was because I was assisting with this blog, digging and digging and looking for new stuff, um, and around the time that Hit Vibes was first pressed by Car Park Records on yeah. vinyl, um, I, I found, either I found that release or somebody had suggested that one of the other artists was like, hey, based on your tastes that I'm aware of, like, check this out. Um, and it just kind of blew the doors wide open for me. Uh, you know, you how can you not get into the scene with an introduction of like hit vibes uh, yeah, right. album that just, uh, you know, song after track, after track, it's after electric. track is just electric like, album. wow. Mm -hmm. um, and that one was so weird because car park at the time, I, you know, I, I can guess what the story was, but um, they had to put out the release as like a promo. If anyone recalls, um, I do, yes. I, 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 my guess is, they got dinged for some sort of 
copyright infringement, some sort of sample that wasn't cleared. And uh, instead of, and, the, and I think they already must have had the records pressed. So yeah. they put some sort of promo copy sticker or something like that on them and sold them for, I think, just at cost. Because um, as, as rare and... As rare and valuable as Hit Vibes is nowadays, uh, when it first sold, they were ten bucks a ten bucks a piece. Wild. And so, yeah, I picked one up. I told a couple of my friends, "Oh yeah, you should check that out." But then I just really started digging more and more and more into the scene. Um, you know, a lot of the earlier Vapor releases. Um, you know, some of the early Esprit seven mm. inches that one hundred percent was putting out. Um, there's, there's even some stuff that is now like in retrospect kind of lumped in, uh, um, like, uh, Farsight Virtual, you know, some of those albums that, you know, kind of were precursors. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason we, uh, got Friendzone involved in, in the Flamingo Fest. Fuck yeah. <laughs> with, uh, oh, yeah. You know, Hell everything awesome that they idea. were doing that just I, I, they, they just fit the scene so well now that I think if they were putting out brand new music now and, and, and you know, interacting the way, you know, prior prior to James's passing away, um, I, I, I just really would be curious to see, you know, how would they be at interacting with the scene right now? For sure, yeah. And it's really cool that uh, that Dylan's now kind of getting back out there and like rediscovering uh, his passion for music as well. Oh yeah. Both yeah. on the uh, you know putting out the older friend zone stuff, but and then also you know him going forward as Chlorine Mist. Oh yeah, I mean you, it's been really exciting to on, see that firsthand too. On the show. Yeah, yeah, he was our tenth guest, and honestly, and you and I have geeked out so much about our shared love of, of Friendzone and just being there in the early days. And I just want to reiterate that what you just said is incredibly exciting to watch. Uh, I don't know what he was doing or where he was, but uh, he has been coming back with a huge resurgence in passion and inspiration, and it's been fueled by and large by other people's encouragement. I don't want to act like he doesn't have his own agency because he's a damn near genius, musical genius, but... But uh, that's some community building right there. And, and I think you've been super instrumental in that. <laughs> you know, it was very uh, serendipity. So uh, get, getting getting Dylan involved with Flamingo Fest kind of went down like this. Uh, we were prepping for Collection 3 vinyl pressing. And just through conversations with him, he had expressed to me that he was interested in getting back out there and doing some live shows and, you know, just kind of a nebulous thought like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested that I want to go back out and do that. Um, and then I'm really close with Enzo on the My Pet Flamingo side. We, we chat all the time. I, I, I help curate the uh, Flamingo Funk Volume 1, 2 and 3 releases. Um, I did not know so, that. That's sick you know, as fuck. We... <laughs> yeah, I I set the track listing for all three of those, and then also helped recruit, you know, various artists over over time. Um, but so get, getting getting Dylan involved, uh, he he had said that he was interested in live shows, and then Enzo came up to me and told me they had a glaring hole. Uh, in the lineup for Flamingo Fest, they they still needed one biggish name, 
Um, and he was kind of throwing some names out to me. I, I, I won't say who, but uh, just they weren't really they weren't really exciting me. Like, yeah, those are those are a tier performers, but like we're looking for like S tier, right? <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Um, so I kind of just became the middleman between between Enzo and and Dylan and uh, ev everyone just came together and it kind of just came together really quickly from there. Uh, everybody was interested. Uh, what, what I did, though, to really push it through, though, was um, I had also some flight credits on American Airlines that I that I was going to expire. And so I helped book Dylan's flight out to the show. I was like, if it's just oh, going to wow. expire My anyways, let me, you, let, let me fly you out there. Wow. And then, uh, My man. And then also. Nice, man. Nice. Love it. And then we put him up in our hotel room uh, <laughs> the couple nights that he stayed as well and, you know, chauffeured him around. And um, yeah, but Flamingo Fest was great. Uh, Isaac, you are a madman on, <laughs> you know, up there. Oh, you're too kind. It's uh, you got to have lots I mean, of energy. You got to get the audience involved. What's really funny is I'm actually a very tired person. <laughs> but you got to get the audience involved, and then um, what were you doing the after show? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I damn near didn't do the after show. Huh. Fun fact: I almost was like, "Hey, Skelly, do you want to do it instead of me?" But you know, it happened. But anyways, um, during, during, I during that after show, at some point they came out. Um, I think Indy started coming around a little frantic, uh, and he said. He said, the organizers are telling us if we don't get more people back inside right now, they're just going to shut us down. And mm -hmm. I, was, uh, I was sitting there with my friend Todd. And we're like, OK, OK. And I, I kind of head back in there. And sure enough, there was one person. I think it was. Uh, well, is it a uh, gosh? How do you is it? Uglato? Is that yeah, his name? Uglato oh, was in there. Yeah. And uh, Uglato. And yeah, he was he was uh, he was performing. Uh, and then there was one person in the audience just up there. And <laughs> oh damn, I feel bad and for leaving, but I was end, wiped. It's the end of the night, everyone's tired, uh, and I see there's one person out there, and so I go right up to the front, right in front of him, and uh, I just start dancing as hard as I could. And <laughs> Good man. that's in about, community in about a couple minutes, I turned around, and more people had filtered in, and they were like matching the energy. Uh, I had some other people like coming right up next to me and just, just going hard, and uh, so it was really cool to see it go from like one person in there. Oh my gosh, they're this close to shutting it down to like feeling like, you know, breathing a little bit of life back into the very end of a, a very long, but rewarding weekend. <laughs> yeah, dude, honestly, like, I don't know about you, Skelly, but having played a good handful of shows, there are many times I'll just be kind of honestly just resting after my set and the organizer will be like guys the dance floor is getting kind of thin we got to get out there and show support get out there go talk to some people at the bar get them to go out and you know just and i'm just like for sure, i'm for so sure. tired okay <laughs> i'm gonna grab another drink and uh, then we're gonna take some audience questions and start going nuts you got one more I'm going to keep talking then too. Yeah, you got um, one more. So how? So yeah. So physical media for for this for the scene and production. I mean, how how important do you think that is? You think it's valuable? You think it's pretty valuable, right? 
Uh, I mean, obviously, as a record label, I mean, we're basically exclusively vinyl records. Every once in a while, we'll 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 spit out a a cassette here and there. Um, but I think you know, I think particularly for vaporwave, yeah, I think the legacy that the physical media will, you know, continue to exist for years to come, yeah. right? SoundCloud links might go down, copyright you know s samples might cause issues later on especially with I, I know right now they're using ai to detect samples even at the press plant that's a really good so, point so you know there's even certain wow. press plants where if you're going to put something out that has samples on it like don't even try because they're going to stop your project and i was literally i was going to actually ask you about that but I'm, you brought it up already i i that's so, like yeah i think and it's really interesting what you're saying about how you know the physical media is 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 going to be the most important form because it's it's real it's yours you own it you collect you have it, it is a document that is that is permanent you know and if it you store it right away. it cannot be degraded but these things yeah. you're right that's an interesting point about AI possibly being galvanized to remove anything that has a sample just you just automate that and it just removes it within seconds but if you have these artifacts you have the history. And you can tell it and you can display it to people. And that is really the most, that is the tremendous, there's a tremendous, tremendous importance on physical media, particularly for vaporwave, which could be erased. You're absolutely right. It's an excellent point. Can I ask I you mean, in I, regards I, to, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I have albums on my shelf right now that have tracks that I can't find through official. Oh yeah. Like they're not on SoundCloud same, or anywhere same, anymore. Same, absolutely. Cassettes and, and, and vinyl and all kinds of stuff, you know, that is not available anywhere else any longer. You know what I mean? Because there was an, a small artist that produced it. A few batches were made and they yep. disappeared after that. You know what I mean? Yep. For sure. Yep. Um, what do you, uh, what do you think about all these different genres in, uh, in vaporwave these days? May I ask you a little bit about like, what's your opinions on some of the stuff going on with like, uh, barber beats and stuff? <laughs> the the barber beef yeah as as if you want you mind so talking about you mind talking about that a little this bit? guy's the best interviewer uh so there yeah there's just kind of a funny my you know the genres within genres the barber beats right. genre you know uh barber beats is named you know after the original barber beater uh haircuts for men Mm -hmm. um and anyone anyone who knows haircuts for men knows his style it's very kind of like uh smooth jazzy kind of more uh kind of um ambient sounding stuff and uh um, a spa or something almost yeah and there there's a lot of genres within vaporwave that have a lot of artists within that genre um, and it was kind of until only recently that, you know, there's there's been many Barber Beats artists, but not many that you would recognize. Um, and as of late, you see that there are some uh, other artists that are kind of getting in the game. Um, mm -hmm. And in particular, there's at least two that I'm aware of, uh, Macro Blank and yeah. Oblique Occasions that are kind of just tro trolling haircuts for men 
um, they're they're kind of blatantly. Uh, and here's the thing. Here's here's where you get into like it's you know where, where is there even a line to draw? Because you know vaporwave is <laughs> taking someone else's creation and you know turning it into your thing and then putting it back out as you know hey here's here's my thing. Um, and so you know they're kind of. I wish I could put up some photos, but there you could find these side by sides of album art where you could tell that they're totally just like I, it's I part of me wants to think that they're doing it as a uh, in honor of, of haircuts for men, but like I think an homage, just kind of like, probably just yeah, really but riffing. They're trying to just like, well, the, I, I think that it's, it's been more of like they're trying to get a rise out of him. Uh, you know, they're they're almost blatantly ripping off uh, the art style, and um, I'll 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 drop in the chat later, like I will with my uh, uh, the skate video CD that I'll get a photo yes, of. Yes, please do that too. Uh, we'll do the show, side I'll by show sides. some examples of what I'm talking about, where it like they almost look like a, a you know identical artwork. Um, but yeah, what what are your guys' thoughts on? Let's, so, so, some of the critiques of Barber Beats is that it's really lazy vaporwave. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of micro sampling. There's there's just here's a track. I'm gonna slow it down and then throw it back out there. Man, Do I don't think it's lazy. I just don't find it to be very interesting. Hot take. I've tried and tried. It's just boring it's to me. Oh, I like it. I can't remember what was. The, I actually recommended an album like two weeks ago too. What was the album I recommended that I was listening to? Um, I can't find it. In my I like some stuff by Rom Breaker. I recommended a Barber Beats album not too long ago that I thought was very dynamic. I thought it was fun. I don't know. I um, I don't mind. I I, I kind of like the experience of listening to it because I really do enjoy the art that goes along. I find it to be a a. Oh yeah, it's the a, visual it's, art it's, is, is it's a it's a complete experience. It's not without the visual art accompanying it. The uh, mood is not properly set though. It is a, it is a, their it is a micro, graphic it is a design is top that is extremely tied to its specific aesthetic, which which engenders the feel inside you right away before you listen to it. If you were actually, I think it would suffer if you just put it on and you weren't actually first primed by looking at the visuals first. Like it's actually that's kind of the most interesting thing about the genre, isn't it? Is that it's like a graphic artist genre, right? I mean, not. Like, I just, I just, I see the album amazing. cover and I'm you like, hell yeah! I definitely want to fucking listen to gore. that. Yeah, then I put gore. it on that and was, it's just yeah, like, that was fun. Thank you, thank you, Lux. You're right. It was gore. That's right. That's what I recommended. Um, that that was the one. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that describer. Uh, no, I, I think that all the genres, particularly vaporwave in general, has always been very tied to its visual presentation. And this is even more tied to its visual presentation than previous, which makes sense because you're a micro genre of a micro genre. Now it's like you've you've, you've redoubled yourself <laughs> on the importance. You've redoubled yourself on the importance of the visual aspect. Like this feels like it's like music made by graphic designers, and the music comes second to the actual graphic yeah. designers' work. You know Facts. what I mean? Which is very kind of an interesting concept when you think about it. And so I that's mean, it's pretty like punk it. rock, so I do respect well, it. Well, I like it because that's so dependent on it's music that's so dependent on the visual presentation. And like it's true. If I just put the album on and I didn't spend a few I before I listen to Barber Beats, I have to spend a few minutes looking at the art direction and then I put it on and then I it's like uh, it, it does something, man. It's interesting. So that's my opinion of it. And that that's how well, I, I think I think you made a really good point. Oh shit, I'm muted. Those graphic designers need to be getting paid. 
Well, I think that the graphic designers are the people making the music too for it, right? It's macro blank. Okay, and all that. respect. You were saying, you were saying, Sly. Oh well, I just think that you know the the topic that we're swirling around here uh, for Barber Beats, but on the larger side, just on Vaporwave and Future Funk and you know et cetera in general, that the the artwork is so important because Vaporwave isn't just a music genre it's more of like an art scene an art movement of sorts yeah um and to circle back on the importance of physical media is that you know it just the be it a cassette be it a cd be it a vinyl record it just gives you more of a canvas to put the art onto right uh yes you know and what's so great about a vinyl record is the art is so big it is so in your face if you have a gatefold and you have all this extra surface area or even the center labels on the disc have art considerations um and so there's all of this opportunity to really you know put the full aspect of the art into place it's not just the music it's not just the visual it's all of it coming together and how does all of that make you feel and you know that's and that's that's art that's music in general i think you could probably ask what's you know what's more important the album art or the music itself and you know it's got to be some sort of hybrid in between Mm -hmm. yeah Totally That's actually agree. a popular totally question that gets asked a lot here. So I'm it glad is. we got your answer on that on that count. Our is <laughs> one of the ultimate examples of that, I think. I want to open yes. the pit up for questions. We got 45 minutes left. Everybody who has something that they want to know about Sly Vinyl, about the artists that he's worked with, or just wants to riff on something, fill that chat up with questions. Until then, I want to pick your brain a little bit about... Um, no names, but if you could tell me why you are not a fan of an overrated act in your scene, why are you not a fan of this act? Hmm. Doesn't even matter what scene. It's a secret. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Sometimes I, I, I would say that there are individuals in certain scenes that I think are really important for the scene and really good people and really good like shepherds for bringing this, those scenes into larger audiences. And I totally and madly respect some of those individuals for that. Um, on top of that, though, you know... I'm not always a fan of the music that they make. So, you know, I'm a big fan of these people and I'm a big fan of such and such, but I don't find myself going and listening to their music. Um, and like you said, no, I won't name any names, buddy. But, honestly, there um, are so many times, like I'm like repping hard for somebody just because I love them as a person. They're my friend uh-huh, or like, uh-huh. they're just an amazing person. And I may not really be the biggest fan of their work, but that's okay. There's something for everybody, right? The beautiful thing about art is it's subjective. Yeah, I'm and absolutely. Glad and, someone and else can relate to that. And, and 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 you can see other people dig the music too. So you know, it just comes down to taste, and this this one's just not for me. But then you, but, but on top of that, you can you know, give mad respect. And,
and hold those people to high regard, even if you're not checking out the new music as soon as it drops. We we got a couple questions in chat. Um, Videodrome wants to know if you still skate. <laughs> also, high tech says um, hello. Hello, I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have actually a relatively brand new board. Oh I, no ooh. way! You still skate? That's awesome. But I don't still skate. I haven't skated in a couple years. I I, oh. I went on a bit of a hiatus. I got myself a brand new deck, uh, okay. new wheels, new bearing. I, I think I only reused some trucks, but I got. But everything else was brand new. And on the first day that I, the first evening that I went to go skate, uh, I ended up fracturing my arm. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm so sorry, bud. Uh, it was trying something new that I had never done before, which might maybe is dumb considering it was first day out after a hiatus. But uh, I don't know. I, I was feeling it. And uh, uh, I don't know. All, all the other little things were clicking and um it was it was it was kind of like a let me try this trick backside instead of front side kind of a thing, and uh, it was on a flat rail uh, at a skate. You overplayed park and, your hand. Yeah, it was just like the tiniest little baby rail too, and uh, it just shot out, and I landed right on my ass. Um, oh my god! And honestly, at first I thought it was just like a stinger. You know, we've if you've if you've skated, you've been there. You smack your ankles, you slam down. Uh, you know, it hurts for a bit and you get back and you go back out. Uh, but when this thing just would not stop hurting and started swelling, I was like, okay, it's time to, uh, <laughs> time to go. Uh, and, and, uh, oh, no. a time bit, to rollerblade and see the insult injury too was, uh, um, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, on the way out the door to go, uh, my, my wife was, my wife actually said, don't break your arm. <laughs> So, so she actually uh, gave you the advice. Yeah, actually, that was the one thing she asked of you. Don't break your arm. <laughs> just don't break your arm. <laughs> That's it. That's all I asked. And so I called back and I was like, do we have any frozen peas? You know, just like a bag of frozen peas at home. <laughs> no, no reason. <laughs> uh, no reason. I no <laughs> just got a bruise. That's too funny. Uh, so Deep. I still, I, the, the, the board had one day's worth of skate on it and uh, still remains relatively new. Uh, I do want to get back out there. Um, and, and, you know, maybe go a little bit easier because I, 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 I do love skating. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not 15 anymore. So <laughs> before we get to Lux's really good question, Syllabus wants to know if you have anything against rollerbladers. No, I don't even have anything against like. Scooters. Um, I, I've seen wow. some awesome. I've seen some crazy videos of some people doing uh, some really cool tricks. Um, you know, there's people of all skill level. I, I think. I think the uh, grudge that skate that skateboarders would have against you know, mo you know other other forms of uh, tricks and transportation is uh, you know maybe just sharing the park. You know, if. if if you just have people shooting out in front of you, but that could be a kid on a skateboard too. It's, it's, it's about knowing the etiquette, mm. being aware of where you are, being aware of where everyone else is and just try to stay out of people's way. And if that's the case, I don't care if you're on a razor scooter or rollerblades or a pogo stick. 
on pogo stick. I'd love to pogo see a pogo stick. stick in the middle of the skate park too. People doing like pogo tricks. I saw a I saw a video of um, King Quartz jumping up and down on a pogo stick right after uh, Flamingo Fest. That's awesome. Let me run. Uh, this is very on brand. Yeah, yeah. Let me run Lux's question by. This is a good one. Do you have a Grail album that you'd love to release on Sly Vinyl but haven't had the chance to? Oh, Ooh, good question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she always has good ones. Yeah, she does. I have. So I, I, I'm going to parse this into because of, you know, there's Grail albums that'll never, ever come to fruition. Right. Right. Like, oh, Apex you're just afraid Twin, that somebody Radio, else will release Radio. You know, well, <laughs> you know, there's these there's these artists that you hold in regard uh, that are never going to come down to your level and, and release on your tiny label. Right. Uh, but like realistic ones that I would like to pursue. Um, uh, and maybe putting it out there on a podcast like this will just help help put it through. Uh, yeah. I've been trying to get Blackbird Blackbird on the label. Whoa. Now that is yeah. definitely Chill Very Wave. Familiar with Blackbird, Blackbird, That's definitely absolutely. Chill Wave. And they make yeah, Future Funk awesome. now. Do you remember I mentioned that a few episodes ago? Yes. Yeah. Yes, did. <laughs> but uh, he he has an album, and you know it it actually almost that's happened. Very, that's um, very possible. That's very possible. We, we've been in conversation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in contact with his representation as well. Um, and I think he has some new music that's coming down the pipeline that they might want to get out first. Uh, he also has an album that uh, might be due for a 10 year anniversary reissue that's never been on vinyl before. Um, I, I don't always have to get something that's brand new. Sometimes it's just something that's never been uh, mm -hmm. is, is what is what suits it for me. Um, Unfortunately for uh, uh, Mikey Blackbird, Blackbird, uh, if if anyone saw a couple months ago, he was uh, the victim of a of a break in, and oh they God. stole a bunch of his gear and I think like laptops that had the unfinished tracks and stuff. Oh, so that's he got kind of so back fucked. To square one. Heartbreaking. Which is really oh man, up. that's I would give up. I remember hearing about like when Brother Tiger got his studio flooded, That's some horrible. shit like that. Like, ugh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when Brother Tiger's yeah. studio flooded? Like, lost everything. Terrible. They, there was a bunch of videos of them like trudging through the water, wasn't there? Oh, that's terrible. I don't like, know if I. I don't. Stuff. I didn't want to watch them. <laughs> sad. But yeah, that just that happens, you know, a bands on tour getting their, you know, a smash and a smash and grab job on their on their on their bus. Yeah. Fiber got his laptop stolen at That's one right. of the That's electron. Right. I think it was electron two or some shit. Mm. It was Indies just got, before. Yeah. It was just before the Groove Continental show that that happened for Fiber. And I hope I'm not telling too many people's and... tales. No, <laughs> no, he, tried he, I'm sure he would. Yeah, but he, what was great about that? So here's maybe a story he hasn't told. Um, he was able to recreate his set. So his laptop got stolen. He was able to go and buy a new one. And then he got all of his, you know, he must have had a backup of something somewhere, but he didn't have his set list that he had created for uh, the show. But here's what was able to happen. His now wife, I don't know if they were married at the time, but his uh, 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 Sarah 
had taken a photo of him on the plane working on his set list and in the photo they could zoom in and he was able to see like a lot of his presets and he was from this just kind of candid photo that just a personal photo uh he was able to completely resurrect his that in time uh you know from the time he landed in la to hey it's showtime uh he was she's just such a rock dude <laughs> i mean yeah, i don't know yeah, fiber as well as i would like but <laughs> it seems like every other time i've seen him right before he plays he's just freaking the fuck out and she's always yeah, like, like, like you got this it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's gonna be just fine like everybody needs asara we had to re-download all his music for Terminally Chill, too, when he was with me uh, for that. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> So he's thing. done it before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should just be used to that. Just expect it. But yeah, Alex is great. I'm super happy to have him on the label. Um, Sick. Uh, he... he wh- what's... For most of the Vaporwave that I have released on Sly Vinyl... Um, because of issues with you know getting sampling even through press plants and stuff like that uh i have worked to either put out stuff that has cleared samples or are sample free entirely which rendezvous uh, fibers ep that we put out is nice well run up those questions y'all we still got 35 minutes left with sly vinyl uh, while we wait, um, tell me what your favorite musical act of all time is. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a huge Radiohead fan. Me too. Uh, yeah, love, now, love, love. Tell me, uh, tell me what their most overrated song is. <laughs> I mean, defi- definitely creep. That has to be the most all right. Overrated that's song. that's a given. Pick another one. Let's let's hear a hot Pick take. Another one. <laughs> Make it hard. Because I love Radiohead um, too, so I'm intensely keen on hearing probably your answer. Maybe like Paranoid Android. Okay, so you're just picking overplayed songs. I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I, overplayed. Because when you hear Radiohead on the radio, it's one of it's like one of those two songs. You're you're, you're not going to be that is true. Stuff off of off of King of Limbs or or. Is I mean, that your favorite I, I album? I get some songs off the Benz though. Uh, favorite would probably be Hail to the Thief. That that so, one. Thank you. That that one. Thank just you. Hits for me. Kid Kid A to me is the is my favorite full work, like like flawless work. But I feel like Hail to the uh-huh. Thief has the best singles. Yeah, it's it's just there. That that one in particular is just so energetic. Um, it's the first album that I really, really took, you know, I'd heard of Radiohead before, but then when I finally sat down with a friend's iPod and, and was like, all right, let's get into this, um, mm-hmm. and check it, actually check them out. That one yeah. was, got, made me go, oh, okay. I it's can, yep. meaty too. Uh-huh. Like it's long <laughs> and every track is doing something. What about you, Skelly? Which one is your favorite? Uh, Kid A. Yeah, Kid A I absolutely fucks. I love Kid A. You know, Kid A paired with Amnesiac because yep. they were really one album that they kind of wrote all so, together. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sounds and, like you're familiar with with where Amnesiac came from. Yeah, and I had been listening to Radiohead. I'm probably a little bit older than probably both of you guys, but I had been listening to Radiohead 
because I remember when I was very young and the first and Creep came out as their first single. So I had um, it was I I had been experiencing seeing Radiohead change throughout my youth, and then when Kid A came out, it was very very interesting to see that direction happen. So it's my favorite album because. I didn't know where they were gonna. I was a huge fan of OK Computer. It was like I was young, and that was that was an album that I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And it was, that was already exciting to see them move because I thought they were just gonna be, you know, they were gonna be have that one hit song from the '90s, and you know, from the early '90s, and then they'd have a second album that was good, but not too many people were very familiar with. And I thought that's kind of how they would remain. Like they had a big hit, and then they had like a pretty cool album that I think deserved more attention, but didn't get the same mainstream attention. Then they took this break and they came back with OK Computer, and that was like probably like the best album of 1999, 98. I remember it came out. Yeah, that album way, fucked absolutely. In, in a sea, in a sea of new metal music that was coming out in the mainstream, you know, m- mainstream rock music. You have to understand was either going to be like new metal or like some like you know, like Matchbox 20 or something. Something hard as fuck. No, no, no offense to either of those people, Matchbox 20 or new metal, but. You know, it wasn't I don't find that very exciting. That's like you pretty can like shit on that Xbox stuff, Twenty. That's I'll like allow that it. stuff's not terribly exciting to me. But like, um, OK Computer was like, like nothing else was out there that sounded anything like that in the mainstream. Like that was like crazy. How like it was intelligent. All the songs sounded different. It was a tremendous, tremendous step in a different direction for those for that 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 sort of like grunge level artist right tremendous step in intelligent the art design for the entire like the booklet for the album too like holy shit this was specifically not trying to sound like anything else in a world where everything was trying to sound like the same thing and that would be pop music new metal the post grunge stuff they all wanted to sound exactly like each other kind of not be too not deviate too far but OK Computer was like, whoa, holy shit. So I was like, that was awesome. And so then when I heard that they were like, kind of like putting the guitars to the side a little bit for the next yeah, album. Yeah, listening like, to some Aphex Twin. This is crazy. How are you going to follow like, How are you going to follow OK Computer? And then like Kid A comes Fucking out. Fucking got like, even oh, weirder. Got even weirder, man. And that's why Kid A is my favorite album. And Hail the Thief is phenomenal. And that's a great album, too. These are all great albums, but like. I like Kid A came out. I'm like, well, everything they're gonna do after this is like, I'm gonna always be excited now. So that was pretty cool. So and that's then, why like, Rainbows Kid a was completely free. What it represented, you know, that was interesting. And then like Kid A came out, and that like affected a lot of different things. Like the only reason like that that's actually what almost started getting kids to start thinking about using computers to make music. Like that sort of it, it, you know got you the sort of like got that that peaked interest in like IDM music, right? IDM in the early 2000s got a big upswing because of Kid A, right? Then all of a sudden you're listening to people like Kid 606 or Sex or like those sorts of artists, right? You know, or DNTEL, right? You that oh yeah, shout artists, out that guy. That shit only got popular and people started paying attention to that, and we started even bringing electronic music into like the indie scene. That's why we had Indietronica, Bloghouse, and kids, people Dance got used Punk. Punk those kinds of sounds because of then chill wave like, well i mean still wave up until 2010 but like in the 2003 or 2002 well, eventually we it led to that indie Once rock we had the housing crisis we're never gonna listen to electronic stuff until like kid a came out and then they're like oh okay well let's see what else we got around here and then like that just sort of like everything <laughs> else grew out from there anyway that's my thoughts you Hell know, yeah. some, of the, <laughs> some of the other music that i've really enjoyed that yeah, are just yeah. kind of top tier um i i've always really been i i I feel like i found a lot of european artists uh, european electronic music uh really hit home for me um i'm a huge fan of roiksop 
Oh, oh nice. Uh, I love Subway. Bonobo. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Bonobo's great Bonobo's live, too. Great. That's what I've heard. Twin, I've heard been mentioned. Oh, yeah. Apex Twin, fire. Uh, I, I also, you know, I also like to mess around with, uh, some of the like Psytrance, like Spongle. I don't know what that is. You would. <laughs> well, I have to look that. I don't know. You desert I'm not dweller. Sure. I'm not no, you don't have to, you don't have to look that shit up. It's fine. I, okay. Got It'll it. be okay. <laughs> Sorry. What are, what are you guys' thoughts <laughs> on, um, really long tracks? Long I mean, it's track? great That's for like, like post rock. I love. I, I'm not a jam I mean, bands guy. Sorry. Uh, long tracks in general, like for any kind of artist, you mean? Like in uh, general. yeah, just I, I I find I find some of the music that I like has Whoa. albums where there are tracks that run 10, 15, 20 minutes long, uh, okay, and yeah, yeah. it's not music that you can just throw on at a party. It's not music. Yeah, that true. Is usually on Whoa. like on a shuffle, right? I mean, um, like, and it's music that you kind of have to really delve into and and like really put all the other distractions aside and like let it flow into you. For sure. I mean, well, like one of my absolute maybe maybe even my favorite artist is Burial, so I'm very okay with a long track for Burial. So I think the sweet spot is like seven or eight minutes, personally. Like a with a lot of like progressive house or like breakcore. <laughs> Personally, like I, I was a huge fan of post rock. You mentioned L ten eleven. Like I was a huge fan of like sixty five days of static. Uh, you know uh, Ulrich Schnoss. You know just just electronic shoegaze post rock, and I I loved long songs. But it's weird as I've aged, I've just gotten a, less of an attention span. I guess I don't know. Ten fifteen twenties is. Black Blank Mass has some long tracks that are absolute yeah, flames. But like other than that, and like Fuck Buttons, of course, is where Blank Mass kind of start. I don't know if that's where he started, but like that's where I first heard about the guy. But um, but other than that, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm maybe I have too little of an attention span. Do you guys fuck around with Godspeed, you Black Emperor? Yeah. Oh my God. Talk. Yeah. yeah lift your skinny fists. Is, I can't believe he didn't mention that album. when you were having Lift your skinny fist like antennas to heaven. I'm is a perfect album. I didn't mention that when he was talking about It's long a flawless track. album. That album and like some Mogwai stuff are like perfect post rock yeah, albums in my opinion. Raise your hands like skinny, raise your fist like skinny antennas to the sky. So, funny story. My what very what first what live a... show I wait, ever wait, went wait, to. Wait, 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 wait. I'll just, okay, I'll wait. make it quick. The very first live show I went to. I do too. Um, I just wanted to tell him that I saw a Silver Mount Zion in 2005 oh, nice. in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah, and um, you said that was your first. Live that was show? the first. That was the first show I went to that I like picked who I was going to go see. Of course, when I was in oh. high school, it's uh -huh. like, oh yeah, sure, you know, I'll go here or I'll be there. But that was the first show. I was like, I want to go out of my way to see that, and that's that's who wow. it was. Um, but I'm sorry, break, I didn't right? mean to cut you off. No, no, no. That was, was totally worth it. That's interesting. Your first live show, Skelly. My first live show was Gin Blossoms. <laughs> I was, That's like, why you love Gin Blossoms so much. Uh, first live show that I actually like picked that was like mine that I wanted to go see. Um, that would probably be Bad Religion. Nice. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I uh, my first live show was a David Bowie concert. Oh hell yeah, man! That's awesome. Wow. 
And oddly enough, opening was Macy Gray. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it was an odd combo. I, I went for the Bowie. You, you go for the Bowie, but you stay for the Gray. No. <laughs> you stay. Nice. <laughs> you go early for the Gray. <laughs> oh, you know what? I have a question for you about live acts. Um, if you could see any live act, I want your top three. Like, doesn't even matter if they're not around anymore. Just not feasible. Top three acts. Who could? You, who would you want to see live? A fully, a fully formed, a fully formed Pink Floyd with oh, everybody wow. nice. on, on good terms. Yeah, that's interesting. That'd Let's be that. interesting. Oh wow! Waters. I've seen him do uh, when he did the Dark Side of the Moon in full. That whole tour. That was probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, like a back in the day Pink Floyd. Um, other, uh, you know, I, I missed on the opportunity, uh, you know, these are shows that I was aware of when they were happening and just, just didn't pull the trigger cause it wasn't in my state. Uh, but I had mentioned Spongle. Um, they very, very rarely do more than like a DJ set and mm. they did a Red Rocks in Col in, in, uh, in Colorado. Red Rocks, Colorado. They, they the, do the Red Rocks, Colorado. Red be, Rocks Amphitheater. And they did a... Well. Yeah, they did a full live band where I don't know. They probably had like twenty musicians of all different sorts. And they pulled a polyphonic uh, spree at Red yeah, Rocks. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those it's shows so where they they put it on a Blu-ray afterwards. It was like that good. Wow. Um, I wish I had gone to that. And then one more, one more show. You know, I didn't get a chance to go to the very first Electronicon. Uh, Same. I, if I if I could go back, I, I've been to number two, um, but the that first one seemed like it was just an extra little special bit of magic that maybe the other ones didn't quite recreate. But uh, uh, it was just one of those. I I wish I was there for it. Yeah, me too. That uh, I'm told that baby's all right show the night before was one to remember. It was good too. Yeah. We have a question from Lux that I accidentally skipped. My apologies to Lux. Uh, she says, I know you've been slinging merch at multiple events and venues in the last few years. Do you have any favorite experiences with certain shows and or collectives? Uh, so in in Phoenix, there is VA10 Records. Right. Yeah. Do, you guys, do you guys know Chief? Yeah, Chief Elite. Uh, yeah. He... Yeah, he's been doing a great, great job of actually building the scene out here in the desert um, and actually getting, you know, artists that people are aware of <laughs> uh, to come on out. Uh, you know, he had FM Skyline come out. Frank Jassy right. came out. Uh, who, who else did we have? We had Groovy Kaiju came out. Yeah, he, he uh, brought out Vape Error. Vape Error came as well. Uh, and th those have just been really great uh, to get, you know, get more things moving on the scene, get people interested in coming out to, you know, Phoenix. Um, you know, it, it always seems like things are happening in L.A. or the other coast or, you know, maybe it ends up in Dallas or something like that. Uh, but to actually kind of put a little bit more of an infrastructure and get a team out here, get get, uh, you know, a show where where. I'm pretty sure each of these guys that have came and performed will will have, you know, spoken kindly about, uh, you know, the whole event. Um, so 
I'm super excited to see that happen more and more. I've been involved with uh, setting up, you know, like merch booths and kind of uh, when when the first one of these shows I went to, their merch booth was just kind of like kind of a side round <laughs> drinking, like a, yeah. like a tail table. One of those like that, round tables. Yeah. Like you didn't. I, I was like, this is a merch booth. I didn't even see it over here. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, I, I got first involved because I released uh, a, a uh, synthwave album by an artist named Demon that uh, Midnight Drift did a remix. I was going to ask if you had oh, gotten wow. hooked up with Desert Dreams yet. Yes. yes nice. Desert. Is it Desert? Uh, um, they're, they're doing they're, the Desert Dreams Collective. I'm going to be embarrassed if that's... I'm talking about A. Greg, KJ Valium, Sky Yamaha, Midnight Drift, Pack of New Ports. Is it Desert Dreams? Yep. It is Desert Dreams. I'm not stupid. You got it. You got it. Good people. (laughs) Shout out Phoenix, guys. Phoenix is popping now. They're they're, they're kind of the heart and soul of all of that. Uh, Like, yeah, Newport um, and Twin Crab... Oh, I almost uh, forgot Twin and, Crab. I'm just, sorry. Yeah, all, all these all these really cool guys who uh, are doing their thing and really just building things from the bottom up, from the ground up. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I had done a release that had a Midnight Drift remix on it, and that was kind of my first reason for, hey, uh, well, Midnight Drift is doing this show in Phoenix. Let me set up a small pop-up shop. The, the album was freshly pressed at the time. Um, and so it was cool to, you know, have an album with one of the artists on it playing a show. And, you know, that was kind of the justification. And I just kept coming back for more. It just worked really well. Um, I, I have a whole table and grid wall and everything set up to, to just from scratch set up a merch booth. Oh, you um, do. I, yes, you do. <laughs> I helped and I was, carry all, well, not all, but some of that shit. You yes, and thank you again for making it's for all the of love, that. Of the, you know, it, love it, of the culture, man. Absolutely, uh, but just being able to set up an infrastructure and then give them half the space to do whatever they want for the merch and everything. So it, it just made it more professional feeling. It made it. It made it. Uh, I you know you're going to increase sales if people are even aware that you have a merch booth set up. Um, and so I've just kind of get get out there and you know it's good networking opportunity too you know even if you're not selling a ton of stuff you're out there you're you're meeting people uh and just kind of getting into the scene and uh you know post covid post pandemic when you're getting you know getting back out there is really important right now um and getting these scenes that were you know they're small and you got to really breathe life into it and keep breathing that life into it. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's not just going to sustain on its own. Um, you hope to get it to that point, but, uh, you know, you see the hard work that chief and all those other guys are putting into, to making these shows happen. Um, and so anytime that I can just offer my assistance and be there to support the scene, support these guys, um, you know, show up early, help them set up. Hey, what do you need? Let me do that for you. Um, you know, it's good for the scene. It's good for the community. And it's just, it's, it's what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely. Everybody should show up and help tear down, set up and tear down at least yeah. once. It's the right thing to do. Set up is easier than tear down, but if you can, you should help. <laughs> what is your set up is easier, up is easier than turn down unless it is uh Flamingo Fest when all of a sudden you get 10 minutes heads up that the after party is going to be where the merch booths are set up. And by the way, mm-hmm. scramble. that's facts. <laughs> yeah, that that's facts. Uh, that was not fun. You you spend an hour and a half setting up and you get 15 20 minutes. Hey, at least it down. wasn't a <laughs> tape swap 2022 teardown. Sorry. No, that was this year, not last year. I literally can't remember the years. Just just Isaac things. Uh listen, that, what is your that the New York one? Yes. That one? Yeah. You got to be out of here in 10 minutes. Get out. What is your go-to happy music, sad music, and angry music? Hmm. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that question? Happy, 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 sad, and angry, huh? Yeah. Do you listen to music to put you in a mood? Or are you like, I'm sad. I want to listen to more sad music like me. You know, I, I've, <laughs> that's, that's a toughie. I, I, I feel like I don't really seek out music that I find to be sad. Um, and, and to like match Damn, you're my missing mood. Out. Some, you know, sometimes some, well, sometimes if I'm sad, I'm looking to like lift my spirit. So I might, I might get into my, that's smart. What, what is my happy, happier music? Um, or if you're mad, Hey, who, who hasn't, who hasn't thrown on some, uh, you know, some more faster paced music and gone for a little bit of an angry drive, right? Get mm-hmm. on the freeway, put the, put the accelerator down a yeah. little bit, <laughs> um, yeah, sure. you know, put on, put on some like carpenter brute or something like that. Something that you hell just, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The kind of stuff I played at that after right? party. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I've been really, uh, a lot of this dark synth stuff. I've been loving a lot. Uh, Buddy, me too. I feel like the synthwave scene is all but dead, but dark synth is still going strong. And now they make like, there's like EBM and mid-tempo stuff, you know. I wouldn't call it an offshoot, but it's kind of adjacent. Happy music, though? Yeah, like uh, just just stuff that has a good BPM, right? Uh, You mentioned St. Pepsi. Oh, yeah, St. Pepsi is really... That that's that's great music. Um, I'm a big fan of early M83. Oh, dude, me uh, too. Oh, yeah. Are you like sure. a before the dawn heals this er- fan or like early I mean, early? Like self title, like first. Oh, album. I like the self title album. Um, yeah, and then there's like the Dead Seas, whatever. Shorelines, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, pretty much, uh, pretty much everything through, uh, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of track titles instead of that first album. Yeah, though. it does. I, I remember hearing it in a, I was at a rec, I was in a record shop on vacation and I, they had it on and, you know, it eventually occurred to me. I was like, "Man, I'm I'm paying attention to the overhead music more than I am what I'm flipping through right now." And so I had to go like, "What is this?" Dude. And you know, bought it up. And there's uh, one song. So I, 
And I, I credit that I credit that uh, that that record shop or whoever was playing that CD that day for really it's, influencing. It's may, it may not be as cohesive as some of the albums that followed, but it bangs. There's this one particular song where this guy just goes, "Let's go," and then it's just like, "Bam!" And I know you know what I'm talking that's, about. That's uh, that's off of that self-titled yeah, album. Yeah, fucking and I think stupid the song hard. Is, oh, what track is it? But yeah. Skelly, yeah. have you heard the first M83? Yes. It's, but I it's don't a, know the track. It's been a long time. I'm trying to look it up right I'm gonna now. I'm going to look this shit so up right now. Yeah. yeah. I was looking it's it up. Really like, good. I can't remember. Hmm. No, I'll find it later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely want to get hung it. up on that right now. One last yeah. question and then we'll wrap up. How do you know, since actually we just kind of talked about this a little bit, how do you know when a song grabs you? Is there a particular element you look for? Is there a particular amount of time before you know it? Or just like, what's your your touchstone when you know like all right that fucks you know it's funny uh i i have an album i have a release that's not yet announced that's in the works that was recommended to me someone sent me the link and i started listening to it and i realized that i had listened to this it's it's an ep so it's kind of it's relatively short but i realized i had listened to it like six times in a row ooh okay over that definitely and over and over again. that'll do it and i was like okay yeah this is a sign um i'm and and even a couple a couple of the tracks a couple more times than that six in a row but I, I i think the the urge to listen to it again immediately just like what did i just hear hold on i gotta get i gotta try that again like that that is an indicator um that you might have you know a winner on your hands <laughs> and with with vinyl records you really do put a lot of time and money and investment you invest time and money into it and you always are trying to you're, you're looking for winners but in the sense that you hope that other people are liking what you're putting out you hope yeah. that there is the audience there you hope that there's a demand for that type of music on vinyl and sometimes you sometimes it absolutely like you hit the right thing at the right time at the right place and boom you know in a day you have something sell out and you're like whoa uh, I should have pressed twice as many as we did. Or right. Whatever. Or sometimes you put something else out and, you know, it doesn't really move the way you'd, you'd hoped. Um, so, you know, as a label owner, you kind of have to just trust your gut. Um, there's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. But you kind of just have to move forward with that. And I don't mean to call them winners and losers, but it's just like what works, what what takes off, what. Because yeah. um, I don't. They're all winners in my mind of course it, it's just it, something something sometimes it's something out sometimes it's just a matter of luck you know, or a matter of the way the tastes are going at that particular time if i didn't personally love it yeah it's not it's just a matter of like where where it's so much luck involved with it sometimes you know what i mean yeah well i mean there's such things sleeper hits cult favorites i mean just because something <laughs> doesn't sell out immediately you know <laughs> syllabus is quoting you being like some, some music, music is made, made by losers. Made by losers. Some music <laughs> is made by winners. Quotes. <laughs> how um not how yeah how important I'm sorry I forgot we still have a few more minutes. How important is album artwork to you? We were talking about this a little bit. Uh, right? We did. 
we were talking about it earlier, but I I, I can't understate how important some really great album art is. Uh, it could make or it could make or break the release, uh, especially like think about going to a record shop and flipping through you know a bit a bin of LPs. Um, it's it's the first impression you're gonna make, right? It's it's are you showing up to the party well dressed or are you showing up to the party looking like a mess? Mm, um, and some, yeah. maybe sometimes that's the vibe you want to give. Um, I, I would say this though, I'm I'm very supportive of the artist's vision. Um, I only one time in the past decade of helping with this label and running things have I ever had to tell an artist. Like, let's not use that up. Like, let, we need to start over because this is just not ha- this. I, I you really I shouldn't put this. Write out. your name on your penis and make that an album cover. Change. <laughs> that was, was, it, was that what Fiber originally wanted? No, Fiber actually. I know exactly what he wanted. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, kidding. no, but like Alex. Alex came in with an awesome vision, uh, and he even had brand new artwork made for you know he can. Brand new artwork made, written on his penis. New album art uh, for you know the vinyl press. So the the album was like super tiny then. <laughs> so I actually asked as a prelude before we wrap up. I want to know what some of your favorite examples of good album artwork are. Oh boy, that's hard. Um, How about from I mean, your own you know, There's certain. There's certain. Yeah, um, well, maybe I can show some examples. Damn, son. Uh, <laughs> Go right ahead. Shout out, Caspro. We love you. Well, here, here's the, uh, so here's the, the rendezvous art. That album artwork this is, is badass. So we had the wax mage done of this one. Nice. Um, nice. Beautiful. Gorgeous. You know, I really love when, I really love when a band has like a, a constant through line of of the album artwork like um uh well you know pink floyd had a lot of the same guy this what was his name strom something or another or like circus survive they have the same guy doing all the album artwork and that always looks killer um you know so i i really uh i really appreciate when a band can kind of coalesce around kind of like an image and can continue it um, and that's not to say if you don't do that, that there's anything wrong with it. But um, I know sometimes sometimes there's really tonal shifts between what the album art will look like. And it makes you think, like, is, is this like what am I getting myself into here? So I think um, art director or like Ra- really Radiohead uses Stanley Donwood for all of all of their stuff. Um, so, yeah, I- those, those, those are some examples. I think artists, um, I think that it's just as important as whatever imagery you're using is the art director, the art direction itself. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes people, I mean, I found working in the past that like you can find people sometimes that are really able to give you an interesting image, but they're not art directors. You know what I mean? Actually, they had to go talk to somebody else for that most of the time. Make it cohesive, you know? Sly Vinyl Records, everybody. We are down to the last four minutes of our broadcast tonight, and we have to cut off these really fun conversations and pivot towards saying goodbye. We usually like to open the floor up to our guests to promote uh, or shout out or just really say anything you want. So now you have that chance. Everyone's listening. 
Yeah, uh, so maybe I'll take this opportunity to make the first public announcement of uh, Sly Vinyl's next exclusive drop for this month. It's our last drop of the year. Uh, we are going to be reissuing for its 10th anniversary Uh-oh. the Blue Sky Black Death album Glacier. Oh, holy great really? choice. I wait, wait, wait. I did not you know. You have such good taste in instrumental hip hop, dude. I love Blue Sky Black Death. I had no idea that you were doing this. This is very exciting for me as well. Holy shit. Did not see that. Guys. I'm very excited. I didn't see this coming. I have no idea. Hell yeah. I don't know if you know that like Skelly and I are both huge Clams Casinos fans too. Oh my God. Clams Uh Casino. Uh So like that's right up my fucking My favorite art is basically Clams Casino and Burial. Those are my favorite arts. And Tobacco as well. And 102 Tricks Play Number. Those four are my favorite four (laughs) arts. Holy shit. Great choice, buddy. Wow. I love Blue Sky Black Death. Yeah, the Sly Vinyl's very, very first vinyl release was a was Blue Sky Black Death's Noir album. No way! I didn't know Uh, that. They they go go all the way back, all the way back to the beginning. Wow! Um, And so this is the 10th anniversary reissue. We're going to have brand new album art as well. Wow! Uh, Yeah, we just wanted to end the year with the bang. this will go on sale Friday, December 29th. So right at right so at the badass. end of the year. Oh, um, yeah. So you're you're here. It's that that's a hot takes exclusive. Ooh. Wow! Wow! I'll Look at it. that, guys. You heard it here first. What else you got for us? Uh, and just in general, some other shout outs. I just want to shout out uh, one of one of my artists and collaborators and and good good friends, Richard Houghton. Uh, this guy, he makes amazing music, but he also is the mass. He masters a lot of my releases. He cuts the lacquers for a lot of my releases. And he is also the wow. wizard behind our holographic releases. If you guys have seen those or not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, those are amazing. I could even, uh, show off. We well, love you know, Richard Hope. Have one, why don't you show in front of the camera right now? Yeah. So here is a, Oh, that's badass. Press. I've never seen one of those before. I'm a plebeian when it comes to vinyl. Just sorry. And it's it's the first oh, it's the so first cool. one we've done with uh, side A and side B holographic. That's too That's cool so looking. Cool. It's, it's completely a playable surface. And wow. uh, yeah, this this is Richard Houghton's uh, Quantum Flow Volume One. Wow. Uh, so just want to shout out Richard. I I don't think Sly Vinyl would be what it is today without. Uh, the amazing music he he creates, and the amazing music, and the the just the awesome art that he puts out as well. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, we were talking about which press plants we love. I love Gotta Groove Records and the Wax Mage crew, who makes you know the craziest the craziest vinyl in the game. Shout out to Heath, um, and then yeah, shout out to VA10 Records for you know bringing the local phoenix scene to life for for vaporwave and synth and uh mm. you know all the other good stuff that uh wouldn't be out here in the desert otherwise um and yeah just i i'm just so i'm so thankful for the community i'm so thankful for the vaporwave community i'm so thankful for the community that comes back to sly vinyl time and time again uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without you. We are here because of you, and and we won't ever forget that. 
Um, you know, we're we're always looking to be as friendly to our fan base and our artists and everybody in the community as possible. Just spread the love around. Nice. Hell yeah. That's right. Sly Vinyl Records, everybody. Skelly, what do you got for us? Um, okay. Well, I mean, since we're just since we're talking about vinyl on this on this episode so much, I might as well at least shout out my album, Glows and Melts, on vinyl from uh Needle Juice Records in two variants, either Glow in the Dark or Needle Blood Juice. Splatter. Uh I have it right here. So this is uh Glows and Melts. And look at that OB strip. Is it just like yeah. always within arm's reach? Big or... OB strip. And then also <laughs> it is also uh gatefold. Like carries it right? from one room to the other. It's always within his arc. It is, of it is control. And this is I think the the um the uh, the red blood splatter uh one version of it. So yeah. Oh yeah, anyway. look at that. Yeah. So since it's a vinyl episode, you can go pick That's up too copy. spooky. I'll put the link in the very uh here's the link. Uh, it comes in two variants. There's also a glow-in-the-dark variant of it, too, if you like. And then aside from that, um, February 2nd is my party Eclipse at Milk Boy in Philadelphia. Uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. February 2nd. Uh, it's the party where we DJ Dark Synth, like you would like. Uh, it, Dark Synth, yes. which, Dark Synth, Dark Synth, Wave Music, Witch House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's enough. I don't have anything going on. Um, I'm taking a winter hiatus because I don't yeah, like no, driving I'm on snow and ice. <laughs> ah, but um, some pretty cool stuff coming up um, for us. You know, um, check out Neon Nights. It's every other uh, Tuesday night on YouTube. Uh, not tomorrow, but next week. Uh, jump in the Discord server. It's badass. We got a really good. Uh, we got a really good community. Um, and uh, you know. We're going to need to pay somebody to make artwork for season four here pretty soon. And I think oh, you're yeah. really going to like who we yeah. have kind of already selected. Mm -hmm. So Very any donations that. that you want to drop in, you're going to like what we put together. Uh, we're How almost many more episodes with... we have left for this season? We I have think. two. Uh, we have two. And then that, we're and then going we're to do... A fucking break, well, so well, okay. We, that doesn't count the retrospective. The long well, no, we're not counting the retrospective. Have... Yeah, okay, sorry. So three more episodes. Three more episodes. Three more and we're taking a fucking break. We're taking a fucking break for a little yeah. while, guys. We're taking guys, a sabbatical. Guys, go check out Utopia District so in the meantime. Me and Isaac are, are tired, and, and we're adults, and we have lives. So we got to take a break from... We, we love you. We got we to gotta catch up on stuff. Um, just just yeah, a so reminder. Tune into these episodes. We're, we're, yeah, buddy. Little, we're hibernating for a few months after that. Go check out Indie Advent, Utopia District, and Tiger Blood Tapes. Thank you again to, to Indy for all his help. Uh, and all the members of the community, uh, Lux, Naoko Coed for all the links, uh, and all you supporters who donated, Casper uh, Town, Roche Corp, uh, love you guys as usual, Luxury Noise, all my mods in the Discord server, uh, very good people. Um, just uh, just going to let you guys know we're obviously going to take, we're not going to come back on Christmas in two weeks. We're not broadcasting on Christmas. So we've got a very special episode we're cooking up. Uh, and then somebody else after that, and then a retrospective. Still haven't figured out what we're doing, but I think it's going to be more of a community involvement episode. More on that later. Um, but you guys will be really happy to know that we are kind of rearranging things like we did when we brought on Topaz Gang. We're going to be broadcasting on a Saturday night. On It's going to be all the way until January the 6th, so a little, little bit of radio silence from us. Uh, but on January the 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern, we're bringing on Donor Lens. So when I asked everyone on Twitter who they wanted us to come to who, who they wanted to come on the show, 
donor lens was overwhelmingly like one of the biggest votes. So yep. show up same time, same place at 7 p.m. Eastern to be here for donor lens. And until then, mm-hmm. follow us on social media and go support Sly Vinyl Records. Buy that for friend sure. zone. Buy those friend zone albums. You yes. miss if you're not a friend zone fan or you've never heard of friend zone. Damn. And that's enough. That's enough about that. We got to go to bed and, you know, yeah, yeah, you got to do it. You won't regret it. Thanks for coming on Sly Vinyl. Thanks for being my co-host, Skelly. And thank you guys for being here. Have an awesome night and we'll see you next week. Not next week. We'll see you January 6th. (laughs) Goodbye.